Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports industry, I want to continue to find ways to give back. Give back to individuals that want to get in this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the ClubhouseCareers.com. It's crazy. It's season four already. I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path. We're going to discuss three key topics that are currently in this industry, three hustle hot seat questions, and three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now, under our guests this week. In this business, we talk a lot about differentiating yourself and getting out of your comfort zone. In order to sell at an extremely high level, you need to be able to take risk and get out of that comfort zone. Our next guest has consistently done that, and I'm excited to have Kelly Hine, SVP of Brand Alliances for Orlando City SC and Orlando Pride. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks, Travis. Really happy to be here. Kelly, very excited to have you and dive into your illustrious career. And you first attend Bowling Green State University. You receive a degree in sports management and then on to the University of Arkansas for an MA in communications. What do you think you wanted to do as a career back then? You know, it's funny, I, um, as most do, kind of when you're in the sport management college ranks, you kind of volunteer and get experience in a lot of the athletic sports, which I did, really liked the event side. So I kind of gravitated early on to the marketing and kind of event side of the business. Um, and then at Arkansas, I had a, a graduate assistantship in the sport marketing department where I was able to really kind of dive in, you know, almost with a full-time job and work, start working with partners, come up with creative ideas. And, you know, it really showed me kind of college athletics, um, which was a great start. And, and I was able to gain a lot of good experience as I went to school. No, that's awesome. And so, so after school, you land your first role as a tournament director at Executive Sports International. And so first, like what led you down that golf path? And then thinking back, what is one thing you know now that you wish you would have known back then getting started? Yeah. So, you know, as you do, you do internships. So I did an internship with an event management company. They did a lot of actually tennis. I thought I was on my way to a tennis event. I played tennis, not competitively in, in college, but growing up tennis and basketball and, um, you know, fell into it. But three weeks before I was going to move to D.C., they were like, how about going to Stratton Mountain, Vermont and doing this LPGA golf tournament? And so as you are, you know, young and, and ready to go, you, you say yes to anything. And that's what I did. And, you know, little did I know that first kind of leap of faith was really what led me to almost 29 years in the golf industry. So it was those connections and contacts I met that first year doing my internship and then went back to grad school. And then in the summer, went back and did the golf thing again. Um, and really, again, gravitated on the event side, worked my way up um, various roles. So then ultimately I became tournament director, as you mentioned, and again, I didn't, honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. I kind of learned as I went, yeah. um, as most do, but I think that's where sometimes you get caught up in, well, geez, I, do I have all the requirements? Do I have, and and it, particularly women feel this way and, and I just went for it, you know, and I think that's, I probably didn't think, and that was the benefit. So mm -hmm. I would say just don't overthink because I just jumped. And I mean, in the span of three years, I lived in five different states, um, getting a ton of experience that really kind of set me on the on the next, you know, subset of my career, if you will. And Kelly, such great advice in a multiple different ways. And one of the things that just stood out of what you said is just be willing to say yes. And I think as if you're a young listener out there wanting to get in this business or you're in this business, like you have a long life, both personally and professionally, you can move back to your comfort zone down the road. But 
you have to be willing to say yes. That's how the opportunities come when you put yourself in the right position. And so, and to your point on the advice end of don't overthink, right? We, We don't need to be rocket scientists in this business. There's no reason to overthink. Let's just kind of go with your gut a little bit. And if you think, hey, this could make sense. Feel, yeah. feel free to, exactly. you know, we talked about it kind of on the, the front end there of being able to take risks, get out of that comfort zone. And, and you certainly did that. And you kind of mentioned you take that golf opportunity and it really helped kind of take off your career. You spend almost 29 years in professional golf and you eventually join the, the LPGA, the Ladies Professional Golf Association. And first, would you ever imagine you would have stayed there, you know, 21 plus years? No, it's been, you know, like you said, it's, it was the leap of faith. It was one of those, I didn't even, I had never touched a golf club when I got my first job in golf. So I'm, I'm proof that you don't need to know the sport. You just have to have the work ethic and determination to figure it out. And um, to your point, I had actually three different careers at the LPGA. And I think that's why I stayed so long. It was about every seven years, I really changed areas of the business. Um, So, you know, for me, it was an, it was an opportunity to grow. I didn't, I wasn't always in one place. I moved around a lot with the first role I had. And so I was able to kind of build on each step of that. And you kind of, you know, as you do, you experience and you you become a master in one area and then you get interested in kind of furthering your skill set and, you know, taking on a new challenge. And that's really what I did three times there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you, you, you mentioned you had multiple roles, but there's also the opportunity for the organization of how they maintain employees. So what do you feel like the LPJ did on such a consistent basis to maintain top producers like yourself for so long? Yeah, I think, you know, in general, golf is kind of a, a, and particularly women's golf is really a challenger brand. And that always attracted me to it. I liked working for the league too, because I could kind of control my own destiny a little bit easier. I wasn't beholden to one sponsor going away or changing. And I think, you know, the culture around it and that mentality of we're all in it together, there were, there were 12 women um, that founded the LPGA. So we had this act like a founder mentality and that really resonated. And every day I was, you know, you kind of look at that greater purpose too. And every day I was helping young girls being introduced to the sport. And again, as long as I could continue to grow and do that in various ways. And um, that was why I stayed certainly. And, and the people, I mean, the people that I've met along the way in golf, um, lifelong friends and grown up with many of them in the business. So that's also what struck me is a lot of people stayed um, in the industry and it's, yep. you know, it's a great industry to be in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kelly, you go on, you held four year, uh, four roles in your tenure with the LPJ, including the last stop as the chief sales officer. And so a little bit back to your end, what do you feel like you did on such a consistent basis to get elevated, to gain more and more responsibility throughout your tenure? Yeah, I think whatever role you're in, no matter what it is, I think you have to embrace it and and understand and, and really evolve in the learning that you have in that role. And then you continue to build on that and put yourself in situations where people recognize that certainly, and then take on that next challenge. When I became a tournament director, I didn't really know anything about sales and marketing, to be honest. I knew kind of the nuts and bolts on the operations side, but I figured, and, and it gave me an opportunity to learn that. It gave me an opportunity to learn to lead really a business P&L. And so those things just kind of parlayed into bigger, you know, created a whole division then. And we ran ultimately five events that we owned and operated ourselves. So kind of created that division. And then on the sales side, as you said, if you would have asked me, you know, almost 30 years ago now, if if I would have been in sales, I would have thought you were crazy, but it's relationships, right? And then that's what I really enjoyed was the relationships with people, no matter who it was, volunteers, vendors, you know, patrons, and ultimately sponsors is where I really found my niche. 
Um, I think that's what you just, you have to be open and you have to take the leap and think and know that you're going to figure it out if you've got the right, you know, the right tools in the toolkit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with your time at the LPGA, you and your team were responsible for managing the corporate partnership portfolio and the organization saw revenues double, going from 45 million to 90 million. Now, this certainly isn't something that happens overnight, but what do you feel like you and your team did on such a consistent basis to have so much success to be able to double your revenues? And we're not talking 1 million to 2 million, 45 to 90 million. Yeah, that was on the purse side. So we had our tournament purses that grew really exponentially. So that was title sponsors. And we attracted a lot of new title sponsors um, that I think, you know, there was this shift going on. And I kind of hit that um, that really right time when I started to recognize that we were talking a lot about what business and what tournaments and sports in general did for women in business. So it was kind of that women's leadership wave that started. And I, I think back you know, when I was growing up in the business, I never went to one women's leadership day. And now they are everywhere. There's one almost every week and yep. in every sector of business. So that was kind of that wave. And then it really started talking about a quality of how your dollars are being spent as a corporate, you know, a brand and really looking at diversifying. So, you know, positioning ourselves at that time, you know, as some, as a really a amazing opportunity for brands to really look at how they're spending and make a meaningful difference. And that, that is really where that meaningful difference came in because it was giving women the opportunity to live out their dreams and actually make a living doing it. So I think all those things combined, the story around it, it wasn't about just the the eyeballs or the the metrics that you would typically analyze. It was it was about a value proposition. Well, about six months ago, you know, kind of speaking of value proposition, you receive a call to join the Orlando City organization and, and certainly a value proposition there. Why was that the best fit and the right time to make this transition for you? Yeah, I had been following soccer for quite a while, both here in Orlando with the clubs, but also on the national front, particularly on the NWSL side. So, you know, women's sports is something that's always been inherent. I think that was something that drew me, you know, having the Orlando pride and being able to really almost reshape how we're talking about it in the marketplace and really grow it as its own brand, you know, separate from Orlando City. But I think soccer in general, in general, I've always been a fan of the sport, never played, but always appreciate it. And just seeing globally um, what it, what it is, where it is and, you know, the realm, I think that was something I couldn't turn down knowing the world cup is going to be here in 26. I know it's going to be amazing run, you know, up until then, I think um, being connected to my city again, like I used to run tournaments was something I, I really missed. So yep. thinking about the next step, it was kind of all things in one. That's awesome. And, and congrats again on the, the new opportunity. And it's crazy. You've you've got through the through the the start of the seasons already and kind of mid seasons, but Kelly, in your current role, you're responsible for overseeing and building and established relationships between the club and its stakeholders. You'll also be focused on if selling event opportunities, Exploria Stadium. And so, when you and your team are planning big deals for both the MLS and the NWSL, what's one piece of advice every B two B listener should be thinking about? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think how you position the clubs, I think getting to know the stories around the clubs and how really it can drive business. Um, so that's something I always think about the company I'm talking to is how can we help be the great connector um, for their business? Because ultimately, that's how you're going to be successful and how you're going to be judged. And it can be done in various, you know, different ways. I think, you know, we talk a lot on the pride side about these amazing women athletes and connecting them and getting them out in the community to talk to companies or, you know, utilize 
um, just their their experience because they're all really educated women that they can speak to you know what they've done in their careers and it it parallels a lot of times in business. So I think making those connections and really we've got an incredible fan base um, that will connect to brands that's very very loyal. So I think that's the other piece that really struck me is um, telling that story about how you know the fans really do support partners of the club and again we're all in it together to kind of lift the exposure of the clubs lift the exposure of soccer globally we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Kelly Hine, SVP of Brand Alliances for both Orlando City SC and Orlando Pride. And, and Kelly, let's dive into three hot topics. You know, first question one, I know you have a heavy focus on the value of people. And as you think about the most successful people you've worked around, what are some of those key characteristics they bring to the table? Yeah, I think, you know, I've always have had great fortune to work for some amazing leaders. And I think, um, you know, work ethic, their challenge um, to kind of, you know, change up the norm and not be afraid to try something new, even if they fail, um, because you learn from those experiences. So I think that just kind of fearless attitude and just the relationship with people and how you do business. I think I learned early on the right way to do business and you, you stay true to that and you're always going to succeed. Um, and just showing, you know, compassion and, and caring. I think that's what, you know, you connect with um, both your staff, you know, your colleagues, as well as other partners. And I've had, you know, some amazing relationships with some of the brand partners I've worked with for almost 20 years. So I think all of those things together, I really saw in the people I worked for um, and tried to emulate. That's awesome. And in question two, you've been a resident of Central Florida for some time now. And you you mentioned previously you saw Orlando City and Orlando Pride from afar. And what have you done to make such an easy transition and an immediate impact on the business there? Well, I think it says more about the business, honestly. Um, it's an amazing group of people here. And to your point earlier and what we we're talking about you know, I didn't think, you know, I had a great, great group that I worked with at the LPGA and I didn't know if I was as quickly find that again. And it was unbelievable to me day one stepping in here and just um, from the leadership team on down, just being welcomed and really asked, you know, kind of how I could immediately contribute, you know, and, and my opinions, I think was really welcoming to me. So I think that's how I was able to do it so quickly and, and just feel really comfortable quickly, um, which I, I really was a, a welcome surprise. But I think it's a tribute to the people here. I know you mentioned Jared Dillon, you've had on the show before, and just the whole leadership team and just how committed they are to the growth of the clubs and really helping me um, assimilate quickly. And, and the team that that I had and that I inherited and have been able to develop, I think, is has been really, um, really exciting. Absolutely. And, you know, even both of those questions, it, the, the one common denominator is the value of people. 
you know, you surround yourself with the right people. And I'm a big believer, you know, people lead, everything else can follow. And, and finally, Kelly, question three, you've spent much of your career, as we talked about with the LPGA, where it's not necessarily a lack of better term team win. What's your advice to listeners on being able to sell the value proposition, no matter what, not focused on individual or team performance on the field, court, et cetera? Yeah, it's um, it's been interesting now working for a team again. And I used to work for a tournament, so I kind of had a parallel there. But, um, you know, at the LPGA, we had a lot of different players. And I think there's a lot of things you can sell about the clubs here. And I think that's, you know, certainly performance on the field matters, but it's really who they are as people in, in telling their stories in the community too, and connecting, you know, the business opportunity around the club. So I think, you know, there's a lot of different aspects on it. And I think certainly it's exciting when you win and we've had some great success here. I kind of started right when we won the open cup, which we've been able to really, you know, lean on for sure. But I think it's the new players coming in. It's kind of the new shape of, you know, the pride team and some of the new faces on the city that have really been exciting to kind of, you know, rally behind. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Kelly, what a great career. You're an SBG, uh, SBJ game changer and such an exciting journey. And as you think back, what's been your best career memory? Oh, gosh, there's so many. It really, um, you know, I've had some really um, amazing events that I've been a part of. And I think that's what stands out to me is um, there was an event called the Solheim Cup for about 13 years. Um, I, I ran it or was involved and still very close to the Solheim family. And that's the equivalent of the Ryder Cup. Um, on the men's side. And, you know, being a part of that, I've gained friendships all over the world because worked with a lot of folks in Europe. And um, that one's always going to be special to me no matter what. Um, You know, and just I think some of those relationships, again, going back to and kind of creating new things. Um, You know, we created kind of the race to the CME Globe when I was at the LPGA equivalent to the FedEx series. And, you know, that's a company, again, I worked with since day one. So I think seeing those things brought to life and just how they've um, evolved. And, you know, you pass the torch, uh, baton to the next and see how it's been continued to grow and evolve and still be a part of, you know, enjoying it is really, really important. And I think that's even just great advice in general, where it's, it's, you know, that best memory hasn't been, I won this or I, I, we, this game or this match, it's all about the people and what you've built and that innovative process. And Kelly, ton of great advice, certainly fun to hear about your journey to finish it off, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Sure. If you had a boat, what would you name it? Uh, inspiration. What is a fashion trend that you'd love to see come back? Um, there's so many that already have. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. I was going to say, if you just keep, I always say, if you keep your wardrobe from 20 years ago, eventually it's going to come back. Uh, That's come right. Back together. Exactly. <laughs> if you could go to dinner with anyone, who would it be? Um, definitely my, my grandfather at that list. I think, uh, from an outside perspective, uh, Condoleezza Rice is always someone I've, I've respected. Love it. Kelly, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Yeah, I would say, you know, take risks in your career, um, you know, kind of stay true to yourself and and do business the right way. Don't cut corners because it's always going to come back around. I think if you do that, you're going to develop those right relationships that are going to take you far because, every single person you meet, you're going to, you're going to circle back around at some point in your career. So you just need to have that mentality. um, And that's the fun of when you can embrace it too. Awesome. Kelly, thank you so much. You've had such a great career. Pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate the opportunity.
Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.